You're listening to a sermon on the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Stick around after the message for more information about Mission Ridge. Thanks for tuning in. Well, good morning, Mission Ridge. So excited to worship with you this morning. I want you to know that we will take communion together at the end of the service. If you want to celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior together, then please know that we invite you to do that with us. Uh, You may want to grab some elements now. If you haven't done so already, you'll you'll need some bread. Uh, If you have some juice, take it with juice. Otherwise, use some other special drink. Uh, We'll be doing this each week, and uh, especially for Easter. So know that we'll be doing that. Well, today is Palm Sunday. And it's the last uh, week of Lent. I know that Logan is so excited to be able to uh, stop fasting uh, from fast food. So um, he's excited. He's excited for uh, he's excited for both the season and the season to be done. So I don't know why they call it fasting. It never goes fast. That's that's me. But. One of our goals as a church is to connect ancient practices with our modern world, our modern experiences. And so uh, we, while we're observing Lent, we are not using a a traditional approach to the sermon series. So we're kind of, we're having the conversation that we need to have as a church while we're also paying attention to the fact this is a Lenten season and that this has been celebrated for centuries. And the series that we're on, Experiencing God, is such an important conversation. How how do I know how to experience God here, now, in Missoula? Well, this last week's sermon... And this week's sermon are are intimately connected. We really can't talk about one without talking about the other. In fact, if you missed last week's sermon, we invite you to go back and take a look. It's available both on our YouTube page and in our podcast. And you can find access to either through our website. But last week I talked about a crisis of faith. When we know God is speaking to us which was the sermon we had before last week, we need to believe and we need to move. But something gets in the way. Fear or a crisis of belief. And I said that that this crisis of belief is a, it's a regular, it's a natural experience. So if you're experiencing that with something that God is calling you to, Know that that is absolutely normal. But we have to believe that God is good, that we are enough, that God will be with us in the midst of this. And today I want to talk about what it means to obey because we can really replace that word move with the word obey. I talked last week about the fact that we added onto our house and I had a, I had a crisis of belief because I had half as much money as I was told I would need by, by someone I really trusted. And the other guy, I said, Hey, what's it going to take? He says, I don't know. Let's find out. 
Well, for me to experience God, I had to obey. I knew God called me to this. I had to obey. Philip obeyed and he went to the Ethiopian eunuch. Ananias obeyed and he went to Saul. Paul obeyed and went to the temple in accordance with Torah at the direction of the church. I want you to know this, that this series is, is not just about those burning bush moments, those big, glorious God shows up and he feeds 5,000 or he helps you to do uh, a house addition for half of what it should cost. This is also about the mundane, the daily routine, or when you're doing the stay at home order. It's for those moments as well. Jesus lived in simple obedience to his father in big and small moments. Whether he was seen by a large crowd or he was off by himself. Whether it was miraculous or not. Well, I want to look at uh, some things that Jesus said some ways that Jesus obeyed his father and starts with John chapter 10. He said this, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay my life down for the sheep and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. See, there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I laid down my life that I might take it back up again. Jesus, in this passage, in this time with his disciples, describes this father-son relationship. He, he speaks of intimacy. The father knows me and I know the father. And Jesus says that we get to have this same kind of relationship with him and the father. Jesus was also, he was given a charge. This charge is a command from his father. And the command was to lay down his life and rise up again. Now, as far as I can tell by looking at the scriptures and just how they line up on a timeline, and we'll talk about some of this in footnotes uh, this week, but this was several months before Christ went to the cross, if, if not a full year before Christ went to the cross when he gave this statement to his disciples. And we're going to see that Jesus is not passive about his obedience, he said, I lay it down on my own accord. Jesus drove the timeline. Jesus continued the conversation. Matthew records a number of those conversations in a number of places. And so I want to take a look at these. He starts up in northern Israel, about as far north as you could get. It says, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. So he says that clear up north, 
Next, he goes to Galilee in Matthew 17. And as they're gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to, to them, the son of man is about to be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him. And he will be raised on the third day. And they were greatly distressed. And then Jesus starts heading to Jerusalem. Matthew 20. Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem. And the son of man will be delivered to the chief priests and scribes. And they will condemn him to death. And deliver him over the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And he will be raised on the third day. And then finally, Jesus is in Jerusalem for the Passover, Matthew 26. You know that after two days, the Passover is coming and the son of man will be delivered up to be crucified. So in each of these steps along the journey, Jesus obeys. Day by day, city by city, Jesus is always on board with what the father has asked him, has commanded him to do. Everything that Jesus did was, was in obedience. And, and I could tell you honestly that that hasn't been true of me, but it's something that I'm striving for. I would say early in my Christian walk, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how I could get away with things instead of trying to figure out how I could obey. That wasn't Jesus's approach at all. And so Jesus and his disciples, they come together. They, they celebrate the Seder meal. We call it the Lord's supper, the last supper. And Jesus told his disciples that they would abandon him that night. Peter said, not me. Uh -uh. I'm going to die with you. And Jesus said, nope, you're going to deny me three times, Peter. Peter gives Jesus an empty promise. It was a promise that he couldn't keep. And I know in my life, I've given plenty of empty promises to, to God, to myself, to my family, to my friends. And we're going to talk about emptiness. We're going to talk about how that plays out in our lives. And uh, we're going to talk about Christ's grave, how his empty grave offers hope to our emptiness. So please join us for Easter next week. Um, I'm really excited for that conversation. And then I'm ex excited for the follow on conversation because we're going to look at the faith journey of Abraham and just see where he starts. He starts like you and I trying to figure this out. What does it mean to be in relationship with God? And, and he grows in that relationship. And I'm hoping that as we journey with Abraham, that we will grow as a community too. So that's the follow on series following Easter. And so after the Seder meal, Jesus and his disciples go out to the garden of Gethsemane. So let's look at this. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, 
he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful. Even to death. He says, remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. (sighs) Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to them, Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, sleep and take your rest later on. See the hours at hand and the son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Now there's a lot to unpack in this story and we're going to do more of that in footnotes. But Jesus says he's betrayed into the hands of sinners yet. Yet this is his plan. In fact, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they said, we don't want to arrest him during the festival. But they do. They do. This was God the Father's timeline. This was Jesus' timeline that he adopted from the Father because he was being obedient. And he feels the weight, the weight of this obedience. Jesus is distraught. I mean, his, his soul aches. Brandon and I were talking about this and he said his capillaries were exploding, which is why he sweat blood as he prayed, as one of the gospel writers tells us. Jesus has obediently taken every step. That doesn't make going to the cross easy. And maybe your soul has ached as you pursued obedience. Maybe your soul aches now. I know that some of you have paid dearly for your faith, for being obedient to Christ And I want to thank you for your faithfulness. Well, the story continues in Matthew 26. And he being Judas came up to Jesus at once and said, greetings, rabbi. And he kissed him. Jesus said to him, friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. 
And behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, put your sword back into its place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? But then how then should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? Peter, Peter tried to give Jesus an out. It's like, it doesn't have to go down this way. Peter and the disciples thought that Jesus would bring kingdom by force. That they would kick Rome out, that Jesus on the throne would bring political and religious reform. No, Peter, Jesus said, you still don't understand. But in three days you will. Years later, Peter, the denier, would pen these words. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully, fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially, according to each man's deeds, conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from your futile ways, inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Mm. Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. I think Peter came to grips with his former ignorance. In fact, he no longer looks for kingdom to come by force. He knew it came by grace. He no longer sought to kick Rome out, but to engage with Rome through faith and trusting the father's leading. And he no longer sought political and religious reform, at least not the way he had. Peter figured out that the problem isn't someone else. The problem resides right here in each of us. The problem isn't their disobedience as much as my own disobedience, my own sin. Our disobedience gets in the way of us experiencing God. And it gets in the way of others experiencing God through us. We need Christ's sacrifice and we need his example. We need obedience and our obedience is not forced. It's voluntary. 
And our obedience actually changes Rome forever. And it brings the reform that we actually desire. As we obey, we experience our God. And Peter reminds us of God's command. You shall be holy for I am holy. Now the word for holy in the Hebrew is, is Kodesh. Kodesh. It means to be separate. And to understand this word, you have to understand its opposite in the scriptures, which is coal or common. And we find this in Leviticus 10.10. We'll talk more about this in footnotes. But separate to common is like fine china to paper plates. It's like a tux versus a t-shirt or special chocolate versus Easter chocolate. We separate ourselves to God's kingdom, even though we live amongst our neighbors. We separate ourselves to be disciples and we separate ourselves through, uh, through obedience. I believe we were created for this desire to experience God, but we could trick ourselves into thinking that it's only in the big burning bush moments. When we moved from Post Falls to Moscow, this was a big deal for our family. Christy and I prayed over this for months. And for us, it felt like an exodus. It felt like we were learning some new things about God. And we were learning to just go where he led and let him be out in front. And we saw some cool miracles. Now we were placed in, we were oftentimes in a position where we needed cool miracles. (laughs) So it was good to have those miracles. And then after a year of being in Moscow, I, went on staff with the real life there in post or in Moscow, Idaho. But I started to wrestle. I started to wrestle wondering what does it look like to follow you now, God? How do I, how do I do that? We weren't seeing these big miracles. We were just trying to live faithfully in the land, but I still wanted to know God's leading. I want to still experience God day by day. And after wrestling through that over several months, God led me to this Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I I think of Jesus saying, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. That when we choose to be a disciple, we follow Jesus like, like a sheep follows a shepherd and we're changed by Jesus. Like the shepherd restores his soul. And then we need to be on mission with Jesus He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
Well, our mission of raising biblical disciples who develop transparent relationships, sacrifice for others, and heal divisions. And we live this out in daily obedience to Jesus. Transparent relationships. I don't know if you notice this or not, but they're challenging. Sacrificing for others. Whew. That can be scary. Are, are we going to have enough if we sacrifice this? And then healing divisions. Man, that could be hard work. It could, be, it could really challenge us to chase after someone to restore a relationship, whether it's a broken relationship between us and them or between them and someone else. Like being part of that restoration process will challenge us. Some will wonder, am I doing this right? Do I have the wisdom? Will I say the right words? And so living this out well, we're going to need Jesus to lead us all the way through. And as he leads us, we're going to have to follow him and go where he leads. So the implication is this obedience like a muscle must be exercised daily. Obedience like a muscle has to be exercised daily. We won't have those big moments if we're unwilling to obey in the little moments. These little moments add up and they give us the ability. They, they start strengthening us. They start encouraging us. They give us peace and hope and perseverance and, and it leads us to those big moments. And sometimes we want to live just for the big moments and eh, we'll, we'll get to the little moments when we can. And it doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way. God is always at work though. He pursues you. He's inviting you in. He speaks to you. And in the midst of the chaos, during our crisis of belief, he's calling you to obey. And so our call to action every week throughout this series is to simply follow Jesus, be changed by Jesus, and be on mission with Jesus. And you may be asking, how can I follow Jesus today? How can I be changed by Jesus today? How can I be on mission with Jesus today? And those are great questions, but the time to start is now. Well, we're going to grab the elements for communion. And again, if you are here to celebrate the death, burial and resurrection, of our Lord and our Savior, please know that we invite you to join us in this celebration. Jesus said, for this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge 
this command I've received from my father. And we remember this. We remember what Christ was willing to do for you and I to, to tell us, to show us how much he loves us. I'm in awe. I'm in awe of my savior. And so we come together each week and we grab bread. As someone put it, it's a crappy piece of bread. It's not something you would chase after on purpose, not without a whole lot of honey. But we, this is Christ's body, he said. So he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember Jesus. It's a dry piece of bread. Did I mention that? Oh, in the same way, he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's remember Jesus. Lord, thank you for your obedience. Thank you for always connecting to the Father, knowing what his plan and his purpose for your life was and living that out perfectly so that I could see your example, but also benefit from your sacrifice your willingness to go to the cross. I have been ransomed through your precious, precious, precious blood. I don't want to take that for granted. I pray, Lord, that we be a people that shows you how much we love you as we chase after you through obedience. And that we'll experience you in the mundane, in the small, in the little things and in the big and in the powerful and in the mighty because you are God of both. We love you. We trust you. We submit to you, our God and King. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share if you enjoyed this message. Mission Ridge is a new church in Missoula, Montana. If you're in the Missoula area, we would love to have you join us for worship on a Sunday. For more information about Mission Ridge, connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, or online at missionridge.church. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at missionridge.church forward slash give. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you have a blessed week. We'll catch you on the flip side.